safety, fairness. These are things which are of great value in life. Uh, In the text before us, we are told how scornfully some people treat those values. They treat those pearls. They treat those traits. That which is holy. Then the Lord talks about that which is unclean. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Now, we don't have to be scriptural giants or spiritual giants to realize um, you know, what the Lord is talking about here when he talks about the swine. We know that pigs are unclean animals. But here's the thing. Oftentimes, we kind of, we interpret the scripture based on our, not only our Western values and our Western culture, but also on modern understanding. Pigs in these days weren't kept or reared for public use. Because you remember now, the, the, the Jews were told not to have anything to do with them. So it's not as if they were kept on farms. Pigs were wild animals. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something really gross now, so if all the kids can put your fingers in your ears. If you've ever watched um, kind of like a, um, a mafia type of program and they want to dispose of a body, what do they normally feed it to? Pigs. That's how disgusting these creatures are. That's how horrible they are. Enjoy your pork sausages. Yay. I'm advertising for you guys now. Yeah. You don't have to become a vegan. Just eat beef. After all, cows are vegetarian. So they only eat grass. So there we are. Anyway. um, So pigs are unclean, but they are wild, and they are vicious, and they are actually capable of savage action against a person. We know that the Jewish law said that the Jews were not uh, permitted to eat meat, but anybody who touched an unclean animal became ceremonially unclean, and they couldn't go to the temple. They couldn't worship the Lord. They couldn't have fellowship because they touched this unclean animal. When you think about it, uh, for those who um, came to Bible study when we were going through Daniel, uh, you remember uh, Antiochus Epiphanes um, actually desecrated the temple by offering a sacrifice uh, of a pig in the temple. Uh, And something similar is going to happen again in the tribulation period. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ said. When you see the desolation um, of desecration spoken of by Daniel the prophet, then you you, you realize what is taking place. But Antiochus offered a pig upon uh, the altar and desecrated the temple because it was an unclean animal. Um, These pigs were often found in rubbish dumps, um, scrounging for... Um, scraps and what have you. And because a Jew would never have tried to domesticate the pig, any of the swine that they encountered would have been wild animals. Um, Likewise, dogs. And again, I'm going to upset the dog lovers. Dogs were not domesticated animals. They weren't something that you didn't see people in Bible times taking dogs for a walk. You didn't, you didn't see that. You know, you didn't see like, um, you, you know, biblical characters going like, right, okay, I'm just going to take Fido out for a walk now. And they were wild 
animals. They weren't domesticated. Um, and again, uh, they were um, quite vicious. If you came between them and food, um, it, it wasn't a good thing. So the dogs in our text in those days were savage. They were snarling dogs that would turn and bite even the hand that fed them. They were scavengers. They were fierce. They were dangerous. They were, they were wild. They were brutal. They were even a symbol of disgrace and reproach. I don't know if you heard this week, um, you know, the, the whole thing of identifying with, with different things, you know, with men identifying as women and women identifying as men. You got a man this week who paid thousands and thousands and thousands to become a dog. And he went for his first walk this week. You can't make this stuff up. I want to identify with millionaires. That's who I want to identify with. Dogs were not household pets. Dogs were equated with the lowest of the low. It, you know, you've got people today who want to become dogs. But in biblical times, to be referred to as a dog, it wasn't a compliment. You know, they wouldn't say, oh, they got a nice shiny coat, didn't they? Oh, and they nice and fluffy. No, to be referred to as a dog was literally to be referred to as a low character, was to be referred to as a harlot, was to be referred to as a male prostitute. Uh, and Deuteronomy 23.18 says, Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God for any vow, for even both these are an abomination unto the Lord thy God. Proverbs 26.11 says, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Philippians 3.2 says, Beware of dogs. Beware of evildoers. Beware of the concision. So, dogs were not a good thing in the Bible. I'm not saying that all of you who, who have dogs as a pet, that you wicked people, um, that you are weird in any way, shape, or form, I mean, if you want to take them out for a walk and pick that stuff up, then that's entirely up to you. But at least it saves money on hand warmers, I suppose, in the winter. Dogs were not a good thing. I say you're welcome. Dogs are not a good thing. These two animals together serve as a picture of what is vicious what is unclean, what is, an, is abominable. The effect of sin and evil upon man is the result of the fall. And again, with respect to the truth of God, dogs and swine, sin's effect upon man makes them antagonistic to the truth. In the Old Testament times, uh, they were a symbol of men and women with worthless, poor, or evil character. They had contempt for the things of God. Um, pigs denote those who would trample scriptural precepts underfoot. They were men of impurity of life that were corrupt, polluted, profane, obscene, and sensual. These vile men would not, not know the value of the scripture. The dogs and the pigs here represent the grossly depraved who have no appreciation for noble character. 
Um, men who are dogs and who are piggish tell us that sin makes men brutal, makes men vicious, makes men vile, makes men fierce, makes men cruel, makes men filthy. They tell us in our text that sin makes men to have a terrible sense of value. Sinful men do not value the scripture. Sinful men do not value the things of God. That which is holy, the scripture, the biblical doctrines, that which is holy, the, the, the pearls representing that which is good in life, the virtues um, that believers have, that which is good, honest, and true. That which is unholy, the pigs and the dogs weren't good character traits. If you remember, the, the Lord referred to the, the, the widow, the, the woman who said that she um, kind of wanted to eat from the table, and the Lord said that, you know, it's not meant for the dogs, referring to the Gentiles. So she said, even the dogs eat the scraps. Uh, I know the, the term that the Lord uses is more of a, a, a peppy, more of a term of endearment than there's being used here, but you understand uh, that which is unholy, the pigs and the dogs, were not a good thing. And then we see that which is desecrated. It would have been unthinkable for a Jew to have thrown to those dogs a piece of holy meat. If you remember, when a Jew made a sacrifice, and he went to the, 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 the tabernacle before the temple, and they offered a sacrifice, remember what happened to that meat. Part of the meat was meant for God. It was went onto the altar. Part of the meat was meant for the priest. Part of that meat was meant for the, the one giving the sacrifice. And it was a picture of fellowship with God. No Jew in their right mind would then take that meat and give it to the dog. Because it was holy. It was consecrated. Because what would the dog do? Would desecrate it. It was an un unclean animal. It would it would desecrate that which was holy. Um, you know the men and women that treat that which is holy and precious wouldn't then turn around and treat it with contempt by offering it to an unclean animal. Um, pigs and dogs represent those who, because of perversity and ungodliness. Refuse to have anything to do with that which is holy. They refuse to have anything to do with the precious things of God. And all they want to do is trample it under their feet and treat it with contempt. Some people refuse to receive Christian truth. How many of you have been handing out tracts on the street and you've literally had people tear that tract right in front of your face and throw it back here? Um, I remember one time, I'm sure I've told this story before, I remember one time we were handing out, um, I think it was Christmas time, so we were doing calendars and, and leaflets in the street. Eve was probably about six or seven, um, and I am just thankful to the Lord that I wasn't with Eve at that time. I don't know who she was with, but she was doing one of the houses in Hopkinstown. Do you know somebody came out of that house and they scrambled up the calendar and the tract, and they threw it at Eve. She's like six years of age. And it wasn't a hatred towards Eve. She was only six, for goodness sake. You know, she was tiny, bless her. But it wasn't a hatred towards her. 
it was a hatred to what was on the calendar, and what was on the, the tract. Do you know the amount of times we've had people mail their calendars back to us, and they've said, do not ever send this junk in the post again. They've never left a forwarding address, so I don't know which house to avoid. If that is you, get in touch with us, and we'll, we'll avoid you now Christmas time. But how many people do you know have done that with the Chinese takeaway menu? Or have done it with, with the kebab menu that's come through the door? I don't know anybody that's gone down to the kebab shop and said, How dare you! I'm a vegetarian. I do not want this junk pushed through my door. That is the most offensive thing that's ever happened to me. You don't do that, do you? If you don't want the kebab menu, you put it in the recycling bin. You don't get all bent out of shape about it. You don't get agitated and wound up about it. But there's something about the gospel. There is something about the gospel that for those who are unsaved, it really winds them up. Some people refuse to receive Christian truth. Wicked men and women want nothing to do with scriptural or spiritual things. They place no value or no respect on these things. They have no problem using God's name as a way to express disgust. And it's said with such venom. You know, it, it winds me up the amount of times that Christ's name is used to express disgust. You see Mohammed's name used? You don't see Buddha's name used? You don't see Confucius' name used? But Christ's name is just used to express disgust. The dogs and the pigs in character do not appreciate that which is holy. They don't attach any value to spiritual pearls. When there is no respect for the gift, guess what? There's no respect for the giver. You know, oftentimes when somebody refuses to take a track from us or is aggravated when we share the gospel, then we take it personally. But if they're refusing to accept the gift, they're not aggravated with you, they're aggravated with the giver of that gift. Proverbs 9.8 says, Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. When there is no respect for the gift or the giver, then they will rend the giver with slander. They will mock. You know the amount of times that I've seen people street preaching and kids, and I'm talking about youngsters, mocking the preacher, swearing at the preacher to try and get a, a rise out of them. And you think, how, that's not your opinion as a youngster because surely you haven't formed that opinion yet. But they've obviously seen somebody else act that way. And they rend the giver with slander. They mock them. They jeer them. They reject them. They intimidate them. There is such hatred towards them. Um, I'm sure you've seen videos of street preachers in London that are, literally have people in their face screaming at them. The pigs and dogs of mankind are those who have deliberately rejected the message of truth. And what the Lord is saying here is these particular animals were especially repulsive 
to the audience that Jesus was talking to. So they knew straight away what the Lord was getting at when he mentioned these kinds of animals. Now then, verse 6 is not saying that we do not share the gospel. That's not what this is saying. It's not saying that we shouldn't share the gospel with the outcasts of society. It's not saying that we don't share the gospel with those that are lost. We know that Christ went to the poor sinners. We know that Christ went and spent time with publicans, with tax collectors, with harlots, with those who were possessed by devils. The Lord went and sat among these people. But what the Lord is saying here, it is futile to continue to present truth to those who continually and viciously reject it. That is casting pearls before swine. A man cannot appreciate new truth until he has responded to the truth which he has already received. Christ is dealing with the matter of discernment and judgment. And it may rightly be assumed that there is a proper place for such activity in a Christian's life. There will be times when the gospel we present is absolutely rejected, is absolutely ridiculed. At what point do we make the judgment then to turn away? At what point do we make the judgment to to not speak anymore, to shake off the dust from our feet and preach? To someone else. Matthew 10 14 says, And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear your words when ye depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. There may even be times when those that we witness to resist the gospel and blaspheme God. And we may then speak words of judgment like Paul did. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, he shook his raiment and said unto them, Your blood be upon your own heads. I am clean. From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. When people not only reject the gospel, when people insist on mocking and reviling it, are we then wasting God's precious word by continuing? That is literally casting our pearls before swine. That is not giving that which is holy unto the dogs. Jesus' point is that certain truths and blessings of our faith are not to be shared with those who are antagonistic. You you know those instances where you start talking to people and all they want to do is argue. They're not interested in hearing the gospel. They're not interested in, right, you know, what, what does your faith say? What does, you know, the Bible say about this thing, what, this instance? What does the Bible say about what I should do? All they want to do is ridicule, ridicule, make fun, argue. All they want to do is wind you up. Jesus' point is that certain truths and blessings of our faith are not to be shared with people who are antagonistic to the things of God, that it's futile to try and teach holy concepts to people who don't want to listen. The preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. And you know, we need to have that spiritual discernment. When is it time to say, okay, I'm going to step away? I'm not going to say anymore because we are not getting anywhere. How do we apply that, that which is applied? What in the world do we do with these people? 
are they to be abandoned as hopeless? Because we know that there's not a single person that you won't look into anybody's eyes that God does not love. You will never look into the eyes of a person that Christ did not die for. So are these people to be abandoned as hopeless? Is the Christian message simply to be totally withdrawn from them? Well, sometimes maybe a trial is needed to soften their hearts. Maybe they need to come to that Damascus Road experience for themselves. Maybe it's the testimony of a believer that changes a person's heart. When a Christian's words won't do, oftentimes a Christian life does. That's why our testimony is important. That's why it's important that when we go through trials, when we go through difficulties, that people see how we react to situations, how we deal with situations, how we cope with the the times that our our life almost crushes us. Where, as Paul said, we might be um, cast down, but we're not destroyed. We might be trampled on, as it were, but we're not finished. We might be in a battle, as it were, but we're not defeated. And when people see that in our lives, when they see that Christianity is real in our lives, the old adage of action speak louder than words does come through to the forefront. You might say, yeah, but God's word doesn't return void. I understand that. But the Bible also says that the preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. And there is a time when we need spiritual discernment to recognize that That which is holy is not meant to be given to the dogs because all we're doing is casting pearl before swine. A man may be blind to any Christian argument in words, but he can have no argument whatsoever to a testimony, to what you've been through personally, to how God has answered you a prayer. We are meant to be Christ-like. With those that remain hardened towards the Lord, all we can do is leave them to the Lord, trusting that somehow that's the Holy Spirit is able to penetrate that stony heart. Yeah, I'll give you an example. How many of you have ever stood on the doorstep of the Jehovah's Witness? How does that work out for us? We just end up getting more and more and more agitated and aggravated and I'm sure that I can say for most of us it's probably ended in a heated argument there's a time to say this I, I remember pastor I did it one time we were in my steak we were actually looking um, at a church in my steak to, to, um, to buy it was an old Methodist church and we were going to look at purchasing this church and starting a, a work in my steak and there was you know these Jehovah's Witnesses and I was like, you know, I was only recently called to preach. And I was like, oh, I was on fire. And I was like, oh, let's go and talk to these Jehovah's Witnesses. And Pastor I was like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, what? I said, come on, let's go and speak to these Jehovah's Witnesses. So I go and speak to these Jehovah's Witnesses on the street and just end up going round and round and round and round and round in circles. And Pastor Ed has just stood over there laughing. I'm like, I said, what? Why didn't you speak to them? He said, because I'm not going to cast pearl before swine. And I didn't really understand what that meant. But there are times when you just butt heads. And you don't get anywhere. That doesn't mean that we stop praying for people. That doesn't mean that we, well, there's no point in witnessing then. 
God will save who he wants to save and, and we'll just leave it up to him and that. That's not what this verse is saying. But there's a time when we recognize that we've got to step back because we're not getting anywhere here at the minute. And we shake the dust of our feet and we leave them to the Lord. The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Solomon also warned us about using discernment in speaking with others, especially foolish people. Speak not in the ears of a fool, for he will despise the wisdom of thy words. When we look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, we find that he did not give all of his teaching to everyone who happened to be listening. He said in Matthew eleven twenty five, at that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. On another occasion, Christ made this statement to his disciples in answer to their question about why he spoke in parables. He answered and said unto them, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they see and see not, and hear and they hear not, neither do they understand. Let me ask you this question. When Christ rose from the dead, who did he show himself to? Who did he show himself to? Those who had believed. He showed himself not to anyone that was an unbeliever. We are not to give that which is holy to the dogs and cast our pearls before swine that they will trample those precious things underfoot. Godly scriptural advice or counsel can be trampled underfoot. You know, I know sometimes when somebody comes to us for advice, we want to give them biblical counsel, but it's not going to make any sense to them. It's like reading somebody else's diary. You know, if, if you read a family member's diary, it would make sense to you because you're a part of that family. But if I read one of your diaries or one of a diary of somebody from your family, I'd be like, what are they talking about? I wouldn't know what it meant because I'm not a part of that family. There are people with violent tempers, difficult dispositions, irrational, stubborn, hard-heartedness who can't be reasoned with. Maybe the Lord will give us a, another time to speak to them when their heart has softened a bit. Our gospel witness can be trampled underfoot. Those who belong to a, a, a cult are unreasonable and will trample upon every truth that you give them from the scripture and they will use it to attack you. It just feels sometimes like we're wasting our time. You know, I think... We talked about the pearl being the virtue of our character, and sometimes we can give our character away to the wrong people. The Bible tells us not to be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness. Don't give the pearl of your virtue in friendship, companion, or even marriage to some dog or pig. I'm not saying, you understand what I'm saying there? Teenagers. You should keep yourselves pure. You know, too many girls today are too willing to give their virginity away to some high-pressure, sweet-talking boy. 
our character, our virtue, our integrity, our nobleness, our precious pearls, our attitudes should be kept from unholy behavior. We're not to be unequally yoked. Be careful about the crowd that we run around with. Um, what's the old saying? If you lay down with dogs, you'll wake up with fleas. If you run with the hogs, you'll be lying in the mud. The stench of sin on you will be very pronounced in your life. How often, I wonder, have we been belligerent in our behavior that God is unable to bless us as his child? Because sometimes we act a bit like a pig or a dog. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Respect the scripture. Respect that which is holy. Recognize the fact that we have a character that can be virtuous to be a witness to a lost world. We need to protect that. Because the world just keeps saying, you need to change, you need to change, you need to change. Yeah, you need to change from the old man to the new man. And then when you become a new man, you need to stand for what the Bible says. You need to stand for the things of God. Otherwise, we'll not only blend into the world, we'll become exactly like them. And that's not what God has called us to do. He's called us to stand out. Even more so as the world gets even more wicked around us. So I just pray that the Lord gives us the strength and the spiritual discernment to choose our friends wisely. To have the discernment when it's time to step back from a witnessing encounter and hand that person over to the Lord that he might soften their hearts so that at another time the gospel can get through. Yeah, but isn't God's word powerful enough to do that? There are people who have their consciences seared as with a hot iron. There are people who willfully do not want to hear the word of God. There just is a time when we need to have that spiritual discernment about who to avoid, whether it's in our friendship or whether it's in the, the crowd that we run with or it's in who we talk to about the things of God. I pray the Lord gives us the discernment that we need when we need it. Father, we thank you again for this day and for this time together tonight and for this opportunity to come around you a word, Lord. We just pray you'd continue to speak to our hearts and help us in this area of discernment, Lord. We just thank you again for all that you do for us. And Father, I recognize the fact that there may be people in this room tonight that were at one point in their lives antagonistic towards the gospel, to the word of God, to church. They didn't want anything to do with it. And Father, I'm thankful for the fact that you persevered and that one day you broke through, that the Spirit drew us to the Father, and we accepted Christ as our Savior. So Father, we just bring all of our friends and family to you that do not yet know Christ as their Savior, and we ask that you would undertake in their lives, that you would break down those hard hearts, Lord, those stony hearts, and that when they're replaced with a heart of flesh, we might be able to break through with the gospel that they might recognize their need for a savior. Father, we leave them in your hands. 
and ask for the opportunities to be able to speak to them and to recognize those moments that we are not to give that which is holy to the dogs or cast our pearl before swine. We pray that you help us in these matters. So we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing our last hymn together. Before we close in a word of prayer, if I could just see the deacons following the service, that would be much appreciated. And I wonder if Julian will close us in a word of prayer. Amen. We do give you thanks, Lord, for this day, for the opportunities that we've had to gather together, Lord. And uh, we just thank you for the word this evening. We pray that you bless our word to our hearts, Lord, and uh, that we take, those, uh, take the message on board, Lord, and uh, that you will bless it to us as we go from this place considering the things that we've shared. So bless us as we go into the week ahead, Lord.
I suppose be mindful of you. We don't want to be too in the conversations that we have and with uh, the relationships that we have with people. Uh, always mindful, Lord, that uh, we represent you wherever we go. So just bless us, bless us, we pray, as we leave this place and as we gather together for uh, some uh, time of fellowship together now. Uh, just bless us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.